Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off the Huzzle Podcast. Factory-approved sales event is on now at Regina Nissan. On select 2021 Nissan Murano models, you can receive up to 4000 in standard rate finance cash. Or check out the all-new 2021 Nissan Road. I have it. It's unreal. Leased for as low as $77 weekly for 64 months at 2.99% with $0 down. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan, or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Conditions apply. Harbor Golf Club and Resort offers an exciting challenge to all levels of golf enthusiasts. This 18-hole championship golf course is situated on the bluffs overlooking the scenic Lake Diefenbaker in Elbow, Saskatchewan. Feast your eyes on the panoramic views of miles of sandy beaches, the lake, and our spectacular golf course. Take the opportunity to get away from life's hustle and bustle and support local by planning your next day trip to Harbor Golf. Use off the hosel code on your next booking and get 20% off green fees and a $20 food and beverage voucher for your foursome. Offer not applicable with any other promotion. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Kosher, and I'm your host. We have to welcome back my brother and the original co-host, Troy Koser. Hello! Welcome back, Troy. Then last but not least, Stack Guy Rip. Turner, what's going on? Boys, good to be back. Troy, I missed you, buddy. It's been far, 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 far way, too long. Way too long. But I, I actually, I did want to say, Turner, you've been doing a hell of a job stepping in for us. Thanks, pal. For me. Um, really appreciate it. Uh... I've been listening to the podcast, watching some video clips. You always make me smile. So could be the long hair that I've always wanted. <laughs> uh, no picked a machine this week. But before we get into this, boys, we have to mention that this is a this podcast is driven by Nissan Regina. Best place to get your next vehicle, oil change, any vehicle-related needs. Check them out on social media at Nissan Regina or head down to 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. Troy or Turner, where are we recording from? We are located... As always at Divots Indoor Golf at 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. A little quiet in here, but uh, give it a couple more months here. Unfortunately, the courses will be closing and people who want to golf indoors, they got seven great simulators. They got, uh, got great us. staff, great bar, great us. food. Us here live. So uh, be sure to check them out when the time comes. Divots Indoor Golf. Play Divots, don't make them. Come hit some nukes. Play Toads. all right boys this is the most exciting part of the podcast i always find besides our guests but the open pit lots to chat about here uh turn and i will 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 do our little thing after because we'll you'll ask us but we've hung out for like last 14 or 18 days but troy we haven't seen you or heard from you and people that listen to the podcast haven't heard from you in quite some time so what's up and i haven't heard from jay hans i don't know if he's like not following the podcast anymore because you're not here but uh what's up man no fear, Jayhan. I'm home. I'm back. Uh, working lots. Working lots. Um, last week, got to take the family out to the cabin. 
do some family stuff out there, you know, beach yep. and sand, have a few pops. Water. Sand. Water. <laughs> Sun. It's hot. Hot as hell. Yeah, it was. Oh. Sweaty balls. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> Sweaty balls. Uh, I mean, really, it's just, that's what it's been. I, I got out golfing on Friday. Played Watrous. Nice. How was it? Uh, thanks, Chaz. Got to throw a little plug out there. Michael Michaels. Chaz. <laughs> That's all I got, Chaz. Played the glory. Sex on ice. Sex on ice, oh, Chaz. I was thinking, Chaz, move <laughs> your fucking skateboard. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everyone out there. But... <laughs> That's a wedding crashers. That yeah. I, I never know what she's doing up there. I never know what she's doing. Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I played Watrous on Friday night. Or Friday morning, sorry. Uh, nice nine-hole nine track. That was a tough, say that five times fast. Nice nine-hole track. Anyways, uh, it was good. My golf game, not so much. I haven't played in better part of three weeks. Very first shot of the day, right off the draw, right off the first tee, take my driver out, hit a beautiful drive, and I'm going, it's going to be a good day. Then you were just screwing there. Went to shit. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to even say my score, but I will say it. I shot 48 on nine holes. Wasn't very good. Um First six holes was bad. And then I went par, 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 finish out. Um, that's not TaylorMade's fault at all. That's my <laughs> fault for not playing or practicing. Correct. Um, yeah, so other than that, it's, I, I've been working lots. So you guys, what's uh, what's new in your world? Hey, actually, before I go to you guys, I'm going to ask you both a question. Right. I haven't been on the podcast since the COVID rules have been lifted. It's kind of nice sitting here without masks on. Yeah. Yeah, it's no fun at all anymore. <laughs> well, put yours back on then. <laughs> oh, getting home at 4 a.m. is fun. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a time. <laughs> it's, we've, yeah. we've had a good time. So it's, yeah. it's wide open now? Yeah. Wide open. Yeah, me and Coach are taking advantage of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. We're double vaxxed. What are your half vaxxed? I'm double vaxxed as well. You I just, it, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a halfer. Oh. It, it, it's just very weird. It's actually kind of cool, though, too, being out in the public and seeing people's faces yeah. again. I was at the Cornwall today. And how was that? That's fine. How many people were wearing masks still? Nah, you see the odd person, but I don't know. It's their choice. Because I got really good over the last 16 months at looking at, like, I could tell a person who he was by, or she was by her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like, like, oh, uh, hey, that's mom. (laughs) How do I know that's mom? Well, I can just tell it's mom. (laughs) Then, you know, now no mask is like, oh, that's mom. Oh, okay. Hey, mom. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Anyways, that that was just my COVID question. So, what have you guys been up to? Rip, go first. Um... Same old shit, you know, just working out, skating, golfing. Uh, I got a new car on Friday, not Nissan, sorry. Was it the black Audi that I seen outside Divots? <laughs> no. That's it a nice car. Not. wishes. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I actually thought that yeah. was yours. So, yeah, I got a new car. It was a new lease. Had to get a new one. I didn't have one for 16 days, so I just went and got I was one. driving Uber for him. Unless it's <laughs> Nissan yeah, affiliated, you're not yeah. allowed to say the brand. <laughs> what? It is nice, though, driving yeah. that. It is a nice vehicle. Use my peanut blart and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. You ever seen Mall Cup? Yeah. No. What? 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 What's up? Peanut blot and jelly. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New whip. Beautiful. How's the golf game? Uh it's coming together real nice. Putting up some good short scores lately, and you know, I'm excited down the stretch here. <laughs> Drew. Okay. Bucks in deep and <laughs> bucks on that. And, quick uh, changes. Quick changes. Short chips. Yeah. No. Things to do with me. Uh. I finished my summer camp. Now the storm are skating. We've had two skates as a an extended roster, as you'd say. So boys are buzzing. Boys are excited to be back on the ice. We're excited to get going in the 
Boys are excited to get their paychecks. A lot, a lot of portion in their cap. <laughs> Shut up. A lot of portion of the uh, of camp and then getting the fall camp kind of thing. So we're excited for that. Um, yeah, I haven't really golfed into it. I'm playing tomorrow night or tonight, I guess, uh, men's night. Um, yeah. Well, didn't you guys just rip off 36 holes? Oh, yeah, had 36 at Avonlea. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Brad. Yeah. What a day oh. at Avonlea and Brad. Yeah. Yeah, we got 18 in and then we were like, it's too nice to not play again. So we went and played 18 again. My cart was actually rolling over the bridge on 18. The the battery light was dead. It was flashing. So we just got back in time. A lot of fun. We yeah, 36 holes. Probably the nice day of the year. Yeah, it was really nice. It wasn't like too hot. It was just the bush, the like the trees kind of like blocked the sun. That makes sense. I guess. Is there trees yeah. in Avonlea? <laughs> I'm kidding. Is there? I think <laughs> Hodes brought like 88 golf balls. <laughs> he left with one. <laughs> Lost Sidney Crosby amount of balls. Uh, no, fun time though. It was good. Uh, it was a good weekend. A lot of golf, partied. Any uh, local tournaments or provincial tournaments coming up, like in the next little bit here that you're partaking in? Um, uh, no, no. Just the club championship no. at the end yeah. of the, in August. Okay. But cool. it, well, let's go into some local sports. Sure. Or no, before that, let's go to last week's podcast with Chris Terry and the reigning 2021 men's amateur champion Roman Timmerman. Trey weren't here. Turner and I took on those two interviews. Uh, Rip, thoughts on, uh, I, I don't know, you might listen to it with uh, Roman and Chris, but uh, thoughts on the pod, Rip? I enjoyed it. Roman, always good talking with him. I always feel like, I don't know if he's grumpy or he's happy. He's just That guy's just one mood all the time. We got him smiling, though. Yeah, we did. We got him a little, we got a little giggle. And then uh, Chris, awesome guy. Um, always, good to hear about, always good to hear about stories from over in Russia. Oh, yeah. So, uh, those are different stories that it's fun to hear. Yeah, it was a good podcast. We usually produce good ones. Okay, let's go to uh, local go. sports talk. Uh, dear buddy of mine, Carson Harcourt, wins the Thomas Ross Cup this past weekend at the Roar Giants scratch match play event. Uh, he made a he made two bogeys and a double in four rounds of golf. So is that any good? Yeah, pretty good. So he didn't even finish one round of 18 holes in four, two days. I'm still trying to do the math. <laughs> two what? Two bogeys and a double in four rounds of golf. That's four over and four rounds. Jesus, that's really good. Well, but he was 400 in the last round. I know, but, but yeah, he, he, that's, he had that's four a, bogeys. But yeah, I don't know why I said four. Yeah, so anyhow. I got you. It's I got you. Cars. It's okay, Troy. It's that guy rip. Yeah, so we, anyways, talked to uh, Carson about that at hockey this weekend, and he said he Played really well and whatnot, so congrats to him. I got to have to ask, how did Noller do? He lost to Cole. And Kozak. Yeah. Cole Wiz. Was yeah, lost so Wiz, Wiz and Carson were in, in, the, in the final this year. So it was good to see two, uh, two good buddies of mine. Um, yeah. Awesome. Off congrats. to the junior provincials, uh, boys and girls. Hunter Kucher, another Roar Giant golfer, wins the juniors and in his first ever event, I believe I was told, uh, Riffle Royal alumni, not a boy, let's go Royals. Uh, junior Provincials girls, Brooklyn Fry, wins her second straight and third Junior Provincials. It's quite the resume. Uh, I went out one day to watch some of the golf. I don't know, I watched like an hour and a bit, a couple hours of it. So it was pretty cool to see them. They were all, hey, so... A lot of fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Brooklyn Fry, did you not golf with her when you were – no, you're just shaking your head no. No. Coach is who, old who, now. Okay, old no, there, yeah. was, there was a girl, a junior girl that you used to Brooke. golf with. Brooke. Hill. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I had the first name, right? Jeez. 
Close. Yep, that was uh, yeah, well, wild draw. I'm well, congratulations down. to Brooklyn Fry. Yes, and Hunter Kucher. Good luck to Nationals, and as obviously the the men's and the ladies that are going to Nationals as well, play well and do Saskatchewan proud. Boys, one of my favorite topics of the podcast, hockey, NHL. We talked about Lightning last week. We know what's going on. NHL draft is this Friday. Seattle is working the phones. Bergervan is in hot water. Announcing announcing, um, some potential injuries to Weber and Price. Boys, let's rip into this uh, NHL chat here with uh, what's going on here. Rip, what are you first? I know I'm excited. I like I know when Vegas came into the league, it was, we went to the bar and watched the watched the draft and everything. It was fun. Um, you know what? I think there's going to be a lot of guys where you don't think they're going to be taken, and they end up do. And uh, I was going to say about the Giordano, where uh, for him not to be taken, Saint or Seattle wants a first and a third Oof. for 38 year old D man. <laughs> yeah, but isn't he Canada's Victor Hedman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, before he dies. <laughs> old old fart. Yeah, okay. Uh Troy, you're an Oilers fan. What do you what do you like to see here in the draft? Uh projections, what's going on? Well, first of all, I wanted to say release the Kraken. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. gonna be uh drafting as this podcast is being played. Yep. For some. Right. Oilers fan. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to say Kara goes because I actually believe that with contract and whatnot, he, he's gone to Seattle. doesn't bother me. The Oilers protected Zach Cassian, which does bother me. Unless Kenny Holland's got something up his sleeve, possible trade. I'm not yeah, he only sure. has four traps. Everyone thinks he's an idiot, but it's cool. Uh, no, I know. I know. Trust <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. I know. I know. I'm not, hey, I'm not judging Holland. I, he's got a method to his madness. Um, Koskinen's not protected. That would be so so yeah, get rid of him. It's so awesome. Yeah. But it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we could bar him battle safe, though. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you guys do need <laughs> I don't know if I'd even sign him to that. Troop City. But um, Larson, I was hearing and reading today that they're, he's probably gone, which means the Oilers going to sign Barry. And to be honest, I don't have a problem with that because that's the worst trade in Edmonton Oilers history, I believe, other than Wayne Gretzky going to LA. But they still won without Gretter, though. Yeah, I know, but they also had a <laughs> yeah, hell of a Moose team. took over. Yeah. But... Adam Larson for Taylor Hall still just chops my ass. How about Taylor Hall wanting? He's available. But then they said that they want. I, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong here. That he wants, or he's expecting more money, but he might still stay in Boston. He's still looking for other options. Why? Just stay in one place, man. I've told you on the podcast before. Go back in episodes. Taylor Hall, in my opinion, is a um, a cancer on a team. I'm sorry. There's a reason he's been around and he's not even what he's been in the league what 12, less than 10, 10 years maybe? 10 tops i'm thinking but yeah. anyways what's so bad about being traded well i guess if you're chasing <laughs> money yeah i suppose <laughs> he's got zero cups to his name anyways this isn't a pick on taylor hall uh show i i just think seattle's it's gonna be fun th- this draft there's so many players like turner and i and you drew we're all looking at the names that there is availability of, of players one, if I was a, if I was a, an expansion team, I would focus. I think I was telling this off the air is focus on your centers. So I would draft the or I would not draft, but I would take the best four centers available and pay the money. 
That, that yeah. That's my philosophy. But I also think just to piss off all the Hab fans, take Carey Price. That, yeah. Montreal would burn. Yeah, Montreal they'd, they'd would burn. They'd be upset, yeah. And yeah, you know what? You're taking on a hefty contract, but you got the, one of the best goalies in the world. Yeah. And I mean, you, you got to put somebody in the net, right? You can't just... You can't have... I mean, I, I'm sure Ron Francis has something up his sleeve of who who he's who he's going to take for goaltending. But, I mean, Christ, they got Tarasenko out there. Um, like, there's he pretty... Didn't know. Yeah. So here, here's my question to you guys. Just, um, does Seattle have a chance to do what Vegas did? And when, when they came in the league, a lot of people say, no, they can't do that. It was different rules and whatnot. I want to ask both of you guys, does Seattle have a chance to do what they did and be so dominant early? Do you mind if I go first? Yeah, give her. Yes, 100% they do. But in that being said, it's got to happen this coming year. Yeah. Because the players that they're going to select are all going to be free agents. And then they got to yeah. sign players. So years two, three, four, five, and six could really suck. That's my opinion. Yeah. Turner? Really? Uh, absolutely. I said this about the Montreal when we were doing pods during the playoffs. Yeah. Like, does Montreal have a chance? Absolutely. These guys are the best guys in the world. And it's hockey too, right? Like, anyone can beat anyone any given night. You get hot. You get a hot goalie. doesn't matter who it is. Anything can happen when you're playing hockey. So here's a question for both of you as hockey guys as well uh, that watch a lot of NHL hockey. With Steve Eisman dating guys like Nick Letty and these older veteran guys, you know, you were a long-time Wings fan forever until Eisman left and whatnot. Rip, you study the game. Where do you see their window becoming successful again? Troy? You're talking Detroit? Yeah. Well, I mean, Eisman built Tampa Bay's two-time Stanley Cup team, in my opinion. Yeah, that hurts. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. He yeah. built that team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he can do it again, and he, he is doing it. Uh, I, I, I just don't know... I don't know. I don't have numbers in front of me what their cap space is at and whatnot. And would you say five years is a good number for them? To, to, get back to, to the win playoffs? or to, to, the to be back in the playoffs and competitive? Well, shit, the Oilers haven't done it forever. So, <laughs> yeah, five years, that's great. Yeah, All absolutely, right. yeah, 110%. I can agree with that, but I don't know. They Their roster right now is not looking too good. No. No, they're not very Yeah, but it's good. early. Yeah. It's July 20th, 19th, right? I mean, moves can be made. There's an NHL draft coming up here. Who knows? He might make some trades. I know they got a lot of picks, I believe. I think they do. I'm pretty sure they got a lot of picks coming up. I think they have like nine or yeah. something. So, no, I ten. mean, whenever you guys ask me a hockey question, especially when it revolves on playoffs or Stanley Cup, I just, I have, I got no dog in this fight. Yeah. I've been cheering for the Oilers for the last, you don't even well, know what playoff you know, most of my is. life, really, with the Red Wings, but I've been with Jill, we've been together for 16 years, and they made the Stanley Cup finals the first three months I met her that was 16 years ago that's her fault <laughs> apparently Jill you, you cursed me bad luck letters. no I mean it's it's just tough for me to answer a question when it comes to playoffs because it's just so frustrating yeah that's because I want it I want it bad you know there's actually a poll on on uh social media platform so, social me, social Jesus social media platform today that I seen and it was, it was it was a fantasy draft for the fan it was like Pick what game you type you'd want to see. Of course, this was around the Oilers, right? And it was like, would you rather be at a playoffs game? McDavid, eight-point night, uh, line, brawl, battle of Alberta, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at it, and I'm like, playoffs? 
Second category was the beer. Third category was skate with the team after and where it was at uh, Rogers, which you've been to. I've never been to. I went yeah. to Rexall lots, but playoffs to me, that's not just the first round. Yeah, I, I, I want to get back to the show. I mean, and you're a Red Wings fan, Drew, right? I mean, I haven't been in Sir, who's years. your team? Don't got one. What's if I had to pick two? one, I would pick the Oilers, but I don't got one. Why? I don't know. Please Steve. tell me it's not like these guys that played the NFL. I'm one of them, the NFL fantasy football, and oh, I don't cheer for anybody because I cheer for the players. Is it because I, uh, of that? Are you a big NHL fantasy pool guy? No, no. I just, I just like watch it. I don't care who wins and things like that. I'm just, you know, I'm learning, and I'm, that's still my goal, right, is to play pro hockey. So, I don't know. It's just uh, just trying to learn from the game and learn from the, the league's best. And I just, Kate, yeah. Yeah, and I, so, could, I could give, like, Two shits about a team. I, I I watch. I usually I usually film every game just to like learn to like do homework on power yeah. plays and PKs and systems. Like I'm doing it for like no. Like you said you're playing. I want yeah. to go to the level of pro pro coach, right? So when I go to a game, yeah, I'll cheer for whoever's in the, in the who's watching them watching that night. With Leaf score, oh yeah, oh they score, yeah, like whatever. But if I'm there, I'll have a few beers for sure. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna flip this to both of you guys. You said you're still yeah. chasing the dream to be a pro player. Yep. I know you're Drew. You're chasing the dream to be a pro coach. Yeah. Player and coach. You have to draft Seattle's team. <laughs> I want to know what you guys are thinking. Got to remember, I'm just a 40 year old ex beer league hockey player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to know what you young guys think. What what as a coach? Like style like, of players that, that wants to be asking? coach and a guy that wants to be a pro player. Style and who? Who? Man, I don't know. I mean, here I'll, I'll give two answers. Yes, when I when I do recruiting for players, I like fast players. You know, strong, smart, yeah. hockey IQ, can play the game, um, skill obviously. But again, I was a part of an expansion team, <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to guys You're don't talking wanna, silver. Yeah, guys right? don't want to go there because it's new or whatever it is. It's a battle, and, and until you really create a brand different than NHL, you have money and guys contracts and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. still, it's Pace, okay, but you, who would if 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 you were Ron Francis, who would be, all the, 30 teams who'd be right the now? number one pick off the list for for Seattle Kraken in <laughs> your opinion? I haven't looked at the list, but I I mean, I, I hey, got one. You, you need you need goaltending to win, and, and deep down the middle, so I'd probably take Terry Price if I take you guy right now. All right, I go I go. <laughs> Phil. Turner just gave you like bullet eyes, like yeah. what? Well, you need goaltending <laughs> to win. Yeah, that's true. I go Philip Deneau. This guy's so yeah. hard to play against. Guys, guys like Nathan McKinnon's came out and he's like, this is the hardest guy to play against. And he's a centerman, and like, there's nothing wrong with having too much center depth. And um, this guy can score. He played well during the playoffs, and um, that's like that's one of the guys that I I watch when I watch hockey. Right? Like, how, why is this guy so successful at five ten? He's hard to play against. He plays fast. You know, he yeah. shoots the puck well. So like, that's that's a guy that I like. yeah. Exactly, and I think that's just what we said. Like, I think in order to win, every good coach has said it: goaltending and deep down the middle. Like, you can filter guys in the wings. You know, you can get some solid puck move defensemen, but you need to win draws to set up plays in your own end and and the offensive zone, and need more goals than the other team. And if I was Ron Francis, the very first player I would announce as the Seattle Kraken, Miko Koskinen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is a good hockey talk, boys. Let's jump into some golf, though. 
uh, a PGA, and I believe it was the 100 and was it 40 seconds? 149. 149th Open Championship, and I believe it was Colin Morikawa. Is that correct? It was. But before you go on, I want to ask you a question. Do you call it the Open or the British Open? I call it the Open. Open. Okay, just checking. A lot of people out there on Twitter are like, oh, it's the British Open. <laughs> well, no, it's actually the Open. Yeah. But continue. Colin Morikawa, yes. Yeah, he wins. I watched uh, the highlights, and I tried to wake up one day, but I was uh, under the weather. Did not wake up and watch golf, so I was over. I'm looking to uh, our co-host, Troy, walk us through the golf. Well, I didn't watch bloody 15 hours of it each day. I mean, it started at, like, 4 a.m. Um, yeah, Morikawa wins. Uh, my favorite Golfer that I love to see, Louis Ustazian. <laughs> he was a uh, leader going into day four. It was cold. Yeah, he had a bad bad fourth cold. round, big time. Um, still, I think he finished T6 or something. I don't got the stats in front of me. T3. T3, thank you. Yep. Uh, the Canadians did really well. Yep. Uh, Connors and uh, Mackenzie Hughes did very well. Uh, you know, down the stretch there. I thought Jordan was going to win. I really. Well, he did. was up there, wasn't he? Minus fourteen. Spieth was second. Minus thirteen. He finished second place, I yep. believe. And he had one too many misses. He, he, I, I did. I thought if I had money, I was going to throw it on him because I thought, oh yeah, he went like birdie, birdie, birdie. Actually, Rombo, man, had a. I'm talking the fourth round. His front nine wasn't very good, but his back nine, he went. I think it was four birdies in a row. To, wow. You know, he was uh, – what did Rom finish, Turner? He finished T3 at minus 11. Yeah, he was minus so 4 I, on the last day. Yeah, I mean, um, great tournament. Yeah, I'll tell you, though, from the open standpoint of watching, because I've watched every year, it didn't 149 look, years. It, well, not every <laughs> – I'm not that old. But, no, That's for as long as I've watched me. golf. But it didn't look like your, your, your typical uh, – Open. Open, right? It wasn't – I turned it, it on. It wasn't dead grass. It wasn't – greens that were yeah. running as far as the eye could see there wasn't sheep walking in behind no seriously i mean yeah okay if you looked at if you took the uh what do you kids call those things andro or the droids yeah or droids <laughs> drones drones thank you <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be a good laugh <laughs> anyways <laughs> maybe he has watched every every open no but when the drones were up above you could see how rolly and and, yeah. and you know the fairways and whatnot were the rolling hills um it just didn't seem your typical open next year though man bucket list item 150 open let's go 150 do you guys know what it is yeah no hosel's paying for it st andrews oh we should go st andrews 150th uh open is going to be there oh boy uh who won it last year it's in shane lowry won it last year though on 148 he got a massive standing ovation coming down 18 so cool to see yeah because He's a countryman. That's where he's from, right? I mean, it was like I, he had tears in his eyes, you know, and he did the old, people can't see me, but he had the old <laughs> hat wave and the old club up, and he got one of the loudest uh, applauses from the crowds. Um, our, fra our friend of the show, Abraham Answers, didn't do too well. I think he was T56, but. So they paid, though. 59. So that was close. Again, yeah, I don't have the guy. stats in front of me. <laughs> no, all in all, it was a great tournament. Right. Lots of good shots. Uh, actually, you guys didn't see it because I know you guys were golfing at Avonlea. It was hole, I believe 16 was the par three, the last par three. Hole 15 or 16 was the last par three. 
And no, I know you guys are. Hey, you should have been like, "Where are you in that one, dipshit?" <laughs> no, but Louis Louis Usazian was. Why do you say it like that? If you look at his last name, it's spelled. I always say Usazian. I like that one song he was singing by Lady Gaga. And I rise up. <laughs> on Twitter, he's always singing that song. I've watched that lady all the time. He's a beauty. I Anyways, Louis, cool. part three. I think it was 15 or 16th hole. Uh, and it was the hardest hole on the golf course all weekend. 16, I'm sure it was 16. I hope it's like nine. No, it was 16. <laughs> hole two. <laughs> <laughs> Tees off. I don't know exactly which club he used. And he shattered it dead center off the pin. Like it hit, rolled dead center off the pin and bounced out. If he would have sunk that, it would have put him within one shot. I made in the cut? No, of winning the tournament, right? Oh, it could, wow. it just It could have turned things the other way around, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, way to go, Lewis. Louis. And I Louis. rise up. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, the Open Championship was really good. I, I, I'm glad I watched quite a bit. I know you guys were busy doing other stuff, but... Uh, yeah, congrats to Colin Morikawa. I know next week we're this week we're playing 3M Open, I believe, right? 3M Take Open. It away. Where's TPC that? PC Twin Cities. Ooh, Twin Cities. Hey, that sounds like the Minneapolis. Twins, the Twins Arenas. Yeah, <laughs> the Twins Arenas. <laughs> or Minnesota. Blaine, Minnesota. Yeah, see, Minnesota. Minnesota. We should go. It's only like 11-hour drive from here. Oh, we can go. We can't come back in this country though. Oh, yeah. yeah, right, right, okay. right, right, right. I'll get to play golfer. <laughs> who's uh, who's headlining the tourney there, Turner? Who's headlining that? Get that, eh? Who's headlining we, the tourney, Turner? Who's the headline? We got big names like Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Tony Finau. Similar swing to him. <laughs> Sound. We got some big names coming up. The purse. What is the purse here? $6.6 million. Is that any good? Yeah. Uh, Troy and Turner, I want to bring this up. Because we're, we're, uh, we're sponsored athletes, whether you like it or not. Suck it. But if I <laughs> if I had a bad drive in the amateur, for example, which I did twice. Oh, my drive was really good. Twice on day, day one. Turner saw it firsthand. I didn't once go, Turner, this driver sucks. Boys, let's get into Bryson DeChambeau here talking about how his driver sucks. Oh, Brooksy one, is really good, though. One, you're a professional golfer on the best stage in the world. Two, you get free clubs. Probably should cry about it. Three, you go on national TV and complain that your driver sucks. Boys, this is not the driver's fault. Granted, we are tailor-made, so, yes, Cobra, we don't like that. Yeah, Cobra, you actually do suck. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, as a joke. But let's go to your guys' opinions on, Troy, you mentioned off the top of the show, you went great driver, and then you had a three-wood 15 feet in the air and then went behind you. But let's talk about, like, it's not the club's fault. It's, it's not the club. It, like, this is something Dad taught Grandpa taught me forever ago. It's not the club. It's the guy swinging the club. Don't put it on Cobra that you sucked ass at the Open. Yeah. Ricky Feller is pretty good with it, yeah, isn't he? Maybe don't swing Ricky as Feller hard as he can. Still? He's, He's got Taylor made balls. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Back to Trey. No, Turner was just going to make a good point there. Don't swing as. Yeah, just don't swing as hard as you can. Quit being a meatball. Well, well that and how about he's like, yeah, I just missed my, my lines a little bit, this and that. And I missed oh, so it's your fault. You're a pro, you're a pro golfer. You, you do your homework, you read your lines, you read your yardage book, you read your green book, you write your fairway book. Nerd. Just, if you're going to complain about something, it's, it's on yourself. But I'm wondering if there's something else going on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. you got to think. He got rid of his caddy two weeks ago, right? Oh, it's his fault now. No, I'm just saying. He got rid yeah. of his caddy two weeks ago. Hasn't played pretty well. Pretty well. God. He hasn't played well in the last couple of weeks. Now, you know, he goes to the open and totally torches yeah. Cobra. I mean, my favorite part about it was Kepka. You know, 
totally roasted Bryson on live. Well, yeah, it was live TV. National TV, yeah. And, I mean, he basically just slipped it in there. You know, how was the round? It was good. You know, I yeah, did true. this, I did that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like my driver. And it just kept on going. Yeah. And I just, I'm waiting for those two. And I don't know if it's going to happen. But a Bob Barker have a more fight? No, yeah. I'm waiting for, I don't, you guys, do you guys remember a thing called celebrity death matches? No. Where they take two celebrities, right? There'd no, we didn't actor. watch the first open, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> no, they, they would have, like, they would have two... <laughs> Two superstars in, you know, acting, singing, whatever, yeah. and they would get in the boxing ring and they'd have a, a, a match. Oh, like Michael and Dwight. There you go. I could see this happening. These two, again, I've said it time and time again, is this just for show? I don't think so. Not anymore. I just really yeah. don't think they like each other. I actually watched a documentary it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's like two weeks ago. Brooks was just saying, like, I forgot what. It, oh, now I now I sound dumb. But it was basically he was saying he's like I just Shocker. don't like the guy. He's just like and there was a reason why. And I think it was just the oh the slow play thing. I was gonna say. And he slow was calling play. him out, and then it just continued from that over and time and time and time again. And Brooks is taking like not the high road. He's just like, dude, you're a pidge, and I'm gonna call you every time I can. And, well, he's, and he's winning right now. He's living rent-free in his head. I don't know if Turner's got it in front of him or not, but I guess we're going to see what happens here in a couple weeks. Like uh, Less than two weeks because the, the U.S. The, sorry, the Olympics. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I said U.S. The Olympics. Golf's just starting right away. And I know like I know for a fact Abe's playing. Um, yeah. yeah. He's a wagon. I don't know if you guys seen the tweet this morning, the video of Roy McIlroy on Olympics. Oh, yeah, I saw that where he was. He has zero desire to be there he basically said He's like, i'm here to practice my game for the next 12 hours each day because there is nothing happening at the olympics why because there's no fans the city's shut down because i think it's because of covid yeah um but he said that the olympics the golf they want the best players in the world and he believes he's one of the best players in the world and yeah i mean rory is he's yeah. definitely one of the best players he's a in the world. guy too yeah um but yeah, that that kicks off here right away. I don't have the entire list of who's playing. I don't know if you guys do. How or many not. Guys, how many guys are on the team? Because I have a post here. Is Bryson, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, and Shoffley all on the same team? Does that seem right? Well, they're all U.S. And how many golfers go though? Because only Canada has. Well, they got uh, Connors, Hughes. Do you have it there, Rip? Uh, I'm trying to get it up here. Okay. Got Connors, Hughes, Hadwin. Yeah, I don't know. Which is weird, yeah, because Mexico, like, I'm sorry, I'm just saying, because I know Abe's going and Joaquin Neiman, but he's not Mexican. What is Joaquin Neiman? No, that would, that would be, so Molinari. Yes, sorry, Molinari is who I was thinking of. Abe. Yeah, they, they're only teams of four. Does that make sense? I don't know. See, I, I don't, I don't I, I've never really watched the Olympic golf. Like, that's why this is going to be kind of cool. Yeah, they, yeah. If but they, I, they yeah, I don't, I don't know how they work it. Like how it, it, it's obviously a team event. Obviously, it's not like okay, Rory McIlroy finishes first. Here, Ireland so gets the. So I, I got the team or players here, and like most, most countries got like two guys there. Like Canada's got Corey Connors and Mackenzie. Hughes okay, going. so it's kind of like when I went. This is a way smaller stage. South Summer Games, we had four guys. It was like me, Zavis, Lot Damsley, and oh, sorry, I forgot the guy's name now. I don't know Sound. who it was, but yeah, there's like four of us, and. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but how many entries? USA are has four guys going. Four? Yeah. And who are they? Well, you just said them. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley. They're all ranked three, I just read four, the comments five, on that and, post six and they're all like, entry. "Oh, well, we're fucked." 
But yeah. so how does that work if they've got four and Canada's only got two? I don't know. Like, oh, um, it's probably a two-man, two-on-two best or not best. Ball, two I think on Canada two. does have four. I just I, I don't know who the other two guys are. I thought it was Hughes. I thought it was Hughes, Connors, Hadwin, and uh, Taylor, Tomlick, Tom, Tomlick, or uh, Giglick. Over Nick Taylor. Michael, oh, Giglet. What? Nothing. Didn't oh. he call him Nick Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, Nick Taylor. Okay. What else, boys? Anyways, the Olympics go- are coming up. Let's get excited about that. Oh, Canada. Anyways, okay, nobody cares. Yeah, hopefully, other. USA comes out to that MGK song again. Yeah, I was in this on twice every day. It was sick. It's banger. It is good. Okay, boys, like what else bangering? we got? What else? No, <laughs> we got before we go to our guest today. That's it, eh? Hey? Uh, uh, yeah. our, our guest <laughs> today. pulling your rickshaws. <laughs> yeah, our guest today is <laughs> another big that. one. Rip, relax. Another big guest in the podcast this week. Uh, another Ma- uh, Massachusetts guest from milton living in dorchester now brother of keith yandel he's playing the american hockey league uh aka ross officer ross yandel he goes by yeah rip you were on the air for this one quickly uh quick note about this one and then we'll ask troy a quick one from he would have saw some clips these boston guys are so funny (laughs) they get the best stories and they all like the, our last few guests. They all they're all buddies and they know each other and they just love carving each other. So, you know, it's it's a good time with these guys having on and just bullshitting with them. Um, yeah, like just a fun time with these guys. I I've learned just from clips on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Once you get a nickname, it sticks. I learned that. <laughs> I learned that from this podcast. And again, I'm ex- I'm excited to hear it. So, alrighty, 55 minutes with brother of Keith. Such a beauty. Officer Ross, Brian Yandel. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle. Engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by a guy that is from Milton, Massachusetts, a former American leaguer. He's best known as the Rink Shrink, and is maybe one of the funniest guys that I've ever heard on a podcast, not blowing his horn. He's currently the host of his own podcast called The Rink Shrinks. With all that, we are pleased to have on B.Y. Brian Yandel. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, excited to be here. First of all, I can't believe that B. Foley, who played like three career college hockey games, gets on uh, this this podcast before me. So I, I don't know what I was doing wrong, but <laughs> thanks for finally having me. Jesus. Well, to be completely honest, he was a little easier to get a hold of, uh, Brian. So, But we are happy that we have you on now. We saw that you were carving him on Twitter about the one post about him and Wit. So we're happy to have another Boston guy on the show. Yeah, that's great. I like what you guys are doing, and uh, it's good stuff. So let's let's go here. All righty. Okay, well, first off, uh, you know, we want to chat with you. Obviously, we were just talking off the record about, you know, weather in Boston and now, but, you know, what's new with you? What's going on? Uh, obviously, COVID's kind of on its, its its way out, which is nice. Yeah, everything's going well. The uh, The month of July has been a complete nightmare here in Boston in terms of rain. 
Uh, I got three boys of my own. They're 14, 11, and nine. So pretty busy with them. And, uh, you know, if it was hockey season, I'd be coaching their teams and things like that. And then uh, for about almost a year now, Mike Motto and I started the, um, the Rink Shrinks podcast, which obviously, you know, it, it morphed, I would say, from um, the, the segment that I had done a few times on Chicklets with those guys. So, uh, and they've been very, very great and supportive and, and, you know, biz, we've had biz on, we've had wit on. And, uh, so it's kind of, you know, the, more of the PG version of the, uh, of, of, of chicklets, if that's what you call it. Obviously I'm not trying to compare myself to, to chicklets, that's for sure. But it's a PG show. Uh, we try to make light of, of, you know, crazy hockey stories. As you guys know, you guys grew up playing the game and things like that. And, and, you know, and also educational, we want, um, people are just kind of relaxed and enjoy the process. So it's, it's been a really fun ride. We've had some great guests. We've had some hall of famers. We've had some, had some, you know, guys like Tom Glavin was just on a couple of weeks ago, a guy that a lot of people didn't know, especially, I mean, I knew just being a Boston guy, but he was drafted in the fourth round by the LA Kings. You know what I mean? And then went on to have a hall of fame baseball career. So trying to just show people that it, it, it you know, life shouldn't all always just be about hockey uh, get away from the sport a little bit and, and, and have fun and enjoy things. It's not 12 year old hockey. Your next yeah. step is not the, the, the NHL. That's for sure. So Brian, as we always do in this podcast, we like to backtrack things a bit here. Um, and I'm going to do my Boston accent. Cause I did it with Jimmy Hayes. Uh, <laughs> we want to chat about growing up in Dorchester. Uh, let's walk through you as a young BY growing up in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Well, I live in Dorchester now, which is part of the city. And we grew up, though, in Milton, which is basically like a, a booger flick away. It's a, it, it's not very far. And uh, I actually live on Milton Street now. So, that you know, I kind of it, it's kind of never left me. But I grew up. Um, I was the oldest. There's three of us, my parents, Buddy and Patty. They were both work for uh, FedEx, which hardworking people. Um, my father drove tractor trailers overnights and coached us coached high school hockey around here in massachusetts and just you know nothing but love and support and you know we had a great time obviously i'm sure most of you guys have heard of um you know my brother keith who's the youngest in the family we have a sister lauren who's in between us oftentimes we refer to her as kev uh she was kind of like the third boy in the family so you know my uncles and things like that are pretty pretty witty guys so we would we would we would hit her with some kev bombs and get her all fired up (laughs) and uh but she's probably, she's, she's top notch in, in the whole family. She's actually the leader of the pack. So like I said, it was, you know, a normal Boston neighborhood, very athletic, um, played a ton of sports, uh, wouldn't have been there without, you know, the support of my parents and, um, my father's one of eight, my mother's one of seven, all of our aunts and uncles were just, you know, very, very supportive of us and helped us along the way, whether it was, rides to the rink, rides to baseball games, lacrosse games, whatever it took. So it was just, your, you know, your prototypical childhood. Um, we had a great neighborhood, a lot of kids, all athletes. Every day it was playing wiffle ball, playing stick ball, playing street hockey, doing, you know, normal kid stuff and, and had a blast doing it. That's awesome. Yes. Rip. All right, Brian. So uh, we're going to talk about you and your bro, Keithy here. Um, were you guys like growing up, were you guys training and skating together in the summers and if you were, what was that like for you two? You went um, <laughs> To be honest, Keith was three years younger, so he was he was the guy that he was a, the the tag along. He was the rink rat. He was the kid when we were playing street hockey and things like that. He got thrown into the net, um, and he was just you know more or less kind of 
just abused, you know what I mean? So we, we, we tortured him and would like to say we made him what, what he is today. Uh, so, but in terms of, you know, summer camps and training, I mean, we were always on the ice with our father. My father would lug us to the rink uh, to skate with his high school teams and things like that. But we never um, were able to play together. Uh, we actually, as we got later in life, he was supposed to join me in college. Uh, my senior year would have been his freshman year, but then he made the decision to go major junior. But, uh, and, and then once we were both playing professionally and things like that, yeah, we started to skate more and more. And I, I started to become more of the tag along. <laughs> okay, BYU. The, the, the plus one. <laughs> you went to UNH for four years and you were captain in your fourth year. Correct me if I'm wrong at any point here. Uh, yep, I want to yep. talk about your experience there itself and playing college hockey. Walk us through that. You mentioned, you know, Foley was on that team for a record, uh, you know, three games. But uh, walk us through UNH and your experience, and you must have some good stories there. Yeah, honestly, UNH was one of the um, best experiences of my life. It was an um, amazing college hockey atmosphere, kind of that, um, you know, New Hampshire's from my house growing up, it was about an hour, hour and 15 minute ride. Uh, Pat Foley was, who's Brian's older brother, was actually already up at UNH, and he was a guy that was a couple years older than me. Uh, he played at the National Development Program, was drafted by Pittsburgh, and he was a guy that I kind of looked up to. So I went up there on my first visit, fell in love with the place. I think it was, um, you know, we, we the arena uh, held 6,500 people, and it was jam-packed every single night. Nice. Uh, the first game I ever went up to up there was they were playing against BC, and, you know, Mike Mott, my co-host, he was in the game, and BC at the time was a wagon. You had guys like Motts and Brian Gionta and, Chris Kalanos and wow. Bobby Allen, different like they were, they were more or less an, an NHL team and UNH was really good to, at the time as well. And uh, the place was just rocking. It was like amazing. I remember going down, visiting with the coaches and looking at my, my old man and being like, this is where I want to be. I love this place. And uh, the rest was history. And then once we got there, it was, a, it was a great time. There was, you know, some highs and lows my freshman year. We, uh, we had a great run. We ended up losing the national championship to Minnesota. I think Thomas, Thomas uh, Vanek at the time had like four goals and two assists or something. Oh, never we, heard uh, yeah, exactly. We, we, but we beat Cornell uh, in the semis. I was lucky enough to be playing in, in those games. So that was just an amazing experience. And then, yeah, it was, it was, it was a blast, a great college experience, a fun place to play. Like I said, uh, the fans were always, you know, super intense, super excited to be there. And uh, just a, a really, really, good time that's awesome yeah all right and coach you millie who was who was you know the, the the head coach up there not to cut you off but he was a uh just a great guy another boston guy kind of a north shore guy with yeah. with south shore guys and you know just a, a tough rugged dude who you know told you how it was okay. uh but but also would tell you how it was and would give you a hug when you needed it too yeah that's awesome did you do any other visits um, I mean, it's funny, like living in Boston, it's kind of, so I committed to, to UNH. I was at Cushing my junior year, I committed. Yeah. Um, and I had done the prototypical, like, you know, go over to BU for the day, go over to Northeastern. Uh, obviously I wasn't going to Harvard, that's for sure. A couple parties though. <laughs> um, so, you know, Providence kind of talked to a lot of schools, a lot of hockey schools, obviously we're pretty fortunate to like, you know, if you want to go to a game on a Friday night, which was kind of our normal thing, especially being a high school, you just called up and they left your tickets. And we were, you know, you, you're lucky where you're in that geographic lo location where anybody that's home, you could kind of go to. So 
I, uh, I did do some, some different visits. It really probably came down to Northeastern and UNH at the time. I would have loved to, to go to BU uh, because Witt was going there and yeah. Witt was actually a grade ahead of me. And uh, I would have loved to go and play with him. Him and I were defensive partners our entire life, basically from ages 10 or maybe, you know, whatever like squirt is. So not, you know, nine, 10 years old yeah. up until, you know, every, we didn't play in high school together, but we played together in, uh, in the summers, in the fall and, you know, kind of around the high school seasons and things like that. So I would have loved to, to, to join him there, but it wasn't, you know, in the cards. And like I said, when I, I, uh, went up to UNH, I kind of fell in love with it and the rest is history. So you basically made wit who he is today. Good job, Brian. More or less. Yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> dished on the rock and now he's just recycling my lines and yeah. becoming even more famous. Took all your one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so then you go on to have a solid pro career in the American league and the coast. Um, what was that like? What was that like? Like how were the road trips? Um, what was your experience with pro hockey? Yeah. Pro hockey, honestly, for me, there was, a, it was kind of some highs and lows. It was a, you know, so my, my senior year at UNH, I, I was done. We got eliminated from the, the tournament, if I remember correctly. And, Lowell called, who was at the time, I think, Carolina and Colorado's American League team. So I went right there, which was, again, it was like a drive down the street. Not that I had my, my own car or anything, but I, uh, I probably borrowed one from a teammate and uh, went, to, went down there, played, you know, six or seven games. Thought it was, you know, obviously had a blast. I'm like, you know, I'm getting paid to play hockey. What's better than this? Even, yeah. Know, yeah. Collecting per diem and things like that obviously had some good players that were on that Lowell team actually had some buddies of ours uh, that will kind of, you know, call up guys and guys who would kind of circle circulating in and out. So we, we had a really good time. Uh, funny story, actually, we played in Manchester and it was like, you know, maybe three games, three nights type of thing. We played Manchester on a, on a Friday night to so take the bus there. We end up getting our asses kicked and, uh, we pull over. So I knew like Manchester's a part of New Hampshire. So I knew kind of like the, the path back to the highway. And I'm like, Oh, why aren't we taking a left here? And uh, I'm like, this is, this is kind of weird. So I look at Nettie Haven, who I think you guys may have heard oh, of him. Yeah. He played at BC, played in, played in Wilkes-Barre, played in, you know, Lowell, never played in the NHL, but was a really, really good player. But him and I were, you know, we've been boys since we were younger, part of our crew. So we're like, we pull over at this bar. And he's like, all right, boys, the coach is Tom Rowe at the time. And uh, Joe Sacco was the assistant. Like, all right, boys, you, we're going to go in and have a couple cocktails. So I'm like, is this a test? Like, we're playing tomorrow too, right? Like, and, and then Sunday, this is Friday night, we get three and three. And uh, we pull over and Nettie and I are looking at us and like, you know, we're not going to be the first ones to go order a cocktail, but we, we you know, we're not going to say no, that's for damn sure. So we're looking around like, all right, the veteran guys, Keith, the coin, Dave, um, Dave, go Johnny boy, Chuck was on the team. Like, all right, those guys are doing it. Like, all right, we're all in, you know what I mean? This is pro hockey. So we end up probably firing back a, you know, solid six to 10 beers there for an hour and two or two, get back on the bus and uh, head back to Lowell and like, you know, the next morning, it's like, all right, guys, you got to sweat it out. And I'm like, that was my first experience of oh. like pro hockey and, you know, playing guilty and things like that. So it was interesting. And then after that, um, the following, oh, actually, to back up a little bit, right from there, we, uh, when I, when I played those last couple games, I, uh, 
in in Lowell, I Wilkesbury called me and said, "Oh, do you want to come down for the playoffs?" So I'm like, "Absolutely, I can keep doing this. I don't have to go to class anymore." And I bombed down there. Witt ended up getting sent down from Pittsburgh. That was maybe his second year, first maybe first full oh, okay. year in, in the pros. So I was down there. We hung out. I didn't end up playing any games, but I was like, you know. Mark andre Fleury would call me and, and, hey, do you want to uh, come to the rink early with me? And his French asked, hey, do you want to come to the rink early and, 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 and shoot on me? I'm like, this is Mark andre Fleury. I'm like, absolutely. I'll shoot on freaking, I'll shoot on a wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he'd pick me up a little early. I'd go to the rink, shoot on him and, and just kind of do little things like that. And so it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Like I said, obviously it would have been great to play. There was a great, there was a lot of Boston guys that were on that roster. So we, uh, we had some fun. We had some fun on the ice. I think the first day we were down there, Ryan Landon, who's another Boston guy, played at Harvard. He's like, hey, me, you, and Dennis Bonvey are going to go golf. And I'm like, I'm going to get to golf with Dennis Bonvey. Like, I remember watching him fight for the Bruins. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was uh, – but, like, really, really good people, you know, awesome experience. Joey Mullen was the coach at the time who was a friend of my father's. They had, they had been a, uh, played at Boston College together. So – they, you know, kind of knew each other and things like that. So it was a, it was, it, it was fun. And then the following season, I, uh, I, I was supposed to go to like Trenton or something like that. And then it didn't end up working out. I went to a couple American league camps and I went out to Phoenix. I signed in Phoenix. Keith was going to be with the, you know, was part of the Coyotes yeah. organization. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, go out there and, and, and hopefully, you know, like any East coast league, you're trying to get a call up. And the following season, I'm sorry. So that, that year I started out pretty good, you know, again, East coast leagues, bus rides, you're in, you're in the West. So you're doing, you know, the sleeper buses, cards all oh, yeah. night, uh, all right. those, that stuff up through, you know, Phoenix, you'll go to, to Vegas playing in those games. Then you, then you bus into the California teams, which everything's been changed now, but you go Stockton, Fresno, Long Beach had a team at the time. And, uh, so, you know, it, it was, it was good. And that we were in Boise, Idaho in December, uh, my first kind of full season pro and I got leg checked I, and I was on the power play. I kind of pump faked and a guy just threw his, uh, his knee out at me. And oh, no. I thought it was just a really, really bad Charlie horse. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is the worst pain I've ever been in. Like, this is, this is horrible. Next day I'm, I wake up. After, you know, I could barely sleep that night. I got a phone call from my agent. Hey, uh, Wilkes-Barre just called. You're oh, going no. like they want you. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I can't move. I'm like, my, my, I can't move my leg. Like, I literally can't put any weight on it. I can't do anything. I don't know. Like, I got a really bad Charlie horse last night. So, obviously, very frustrated. Things happen. Now I'm watching the team play again. Boy, you know, I couldn't play in that game. I'm trying to like do everything I can to just get the thing moving, thinking it's a bad Charlie horse. And I, uh, we were on the road. So I went to the trainer after the game. I'm like, I got like Ray Bork leg. Like my thigh (laughs) is double the size of my other one. Like this is out of control. Like I call my, my, you know, my wife or now my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she's a nurse and she's like, right have you seen a doctor I'm like no it's the East Coast League like the trainer told me it was a trolley horse you know and he's like and she's like that that sounds a little bit worse than a trolley horse I'm like all right well and literally like I said I'm talking Ray Bork like like my one leg's like this my other one's double the size of it my suit pan I think is about to rip open and uh, 
I go down the, 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 the team doctor for Boise, for the Idaho team, the Idaho Steelhead. She literally is like, pull down your pants. I'm like, oh my God, I got no underwear on. And she's like, I'm a doctor. Pull down your pants and let me see what's going on with your leg. You know what I mean? She feels my leg. It's hot as a rock. She goes, oh my God, the blood's not circulating in your leg. If we don't release the pressure there, you're going to lose it. Oh my and I'm like, what? Like, I literally was like, I went from a Charlie horse to now, you know, and obviously you're down you're being leg. a little dramatic. I'm like, I'm going to lose my leg. Like what? She goes, we don't have time to wait for an ambulance. Get in my car right now. We got to go. Literally drove me to the hospital before I know it. I'm like, just signing my life away. My train is basically crying. Cause he's like looking at me. I thought it was he had a no idea. Yeah. I thought it was a child. Everybody thought it was a Charlie horse. It was a perfect like example of it. So it turns out it was this compartment syndrome. And uh, that was that was basically the end of the year for me. It was a uh, it was a tough season. I ended up coming back like a lunatic and playing in the playoffs. And I literally I couldn't even play defense. I couldn't pivot. But it was like we needed bodies. Guys are getting called up, things like that. And I, you know, I'm that type of guy. I can't sit still. I can't not not want to play. I played forward. I think we got swept by Vegas in, in, in four games. And that was a wrap for, for that year. So, it, yeah, it was it was interesting. That's for sure. That is wild. You want to play? Yeah, you want to play one leg? I'll play on one leg. That's yeah, wild. Legit. No, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. And then, um, and sorry, you know, I, I'm getting long winded here, so don't All don't good. be afraid to cut me off at any point. I went back the following year, played in Phoenix, and uh, I ended up part of like a trade or whatever. They they could only protect so many guys, so I ended up about halfway through the year, I get traded to uh, Augusta, aka Disgusta, and and let me tell you. Augusta from like the Masters is completely different than what's going on around it. I don't know if you guys have ever we, been there. We were but... told that from one of our last guests. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. The, like the golf course is great and then everything else around it's like, shit. it's a shit all they say. But yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, I mean, you got like the, the best restaurant around down there is like a Hooters. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> That's like... not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, they, they must be one of your sponsors. Uh, so they, they, uh, like I said, I end up getting traded there, and as I'm flying out to to the East Coast League All Star Game, I'm flying out of Atlanta. So my old prep school coach called me. He's like, "Hey, you, you know, you know, we were just kind of reconnected, and he had taken a job uh, running a couple of rinks and youth hockey programs just outside of Atlanta for a former, actually Keith's roommate at Cushing. His father owned the uh, the rinks and was a very successful, very wealthy guy, and so I flew out. We watched the Pats game. I'm sorry. I was flying out on a Monday. We went, I went down to his house on Sunday, watched the Pats game with them. And he offered me a job as the like hockey director. And I'm like, you know what? I had had my, my 14 year old at the time. I was making 625 bucks a week in the coast. I was, you know, kind of hoping to get a deal done in Europe. And it was, it was time to, to, to grow up and make a big boy decision and, and yeah. support my family. Um, so it was in, and, and, you know, it all worked out for the best. It was a great time. It was a great um, start to my kind of professional career and also still be involved in hockey. I was doing a lot of lessons. I was running teams. I was doing a lot in, in a you know non-traditional hockey market, but a lot of people that were implants, everybody that lives in Atlanta is kind of either from the Northeast or from Canada, yeah. from, you know, they, they, a lot of, uh, you know, hockey blood down there and, and people that work for big companies. So it was, it was a, a great time it was it was a you know one of those uh memories that i cherish forever we were down there for about four years and 
my middle son was born down there. So it was a really good time. That's awesome. Rip, you got the next one? You want me to go? You go. Okay, well, Brian, I think the answer to my next question was, you know, how close were you getting to the National League? And, and then I just kind of backtracked that, you know, what age did you go, hey, like, I could do this for a full-time job. And then, you know, obviously now you're doing your coaching now. But at what point were you like, hey, pro hockey is, you know, legit thing? And, yeah. Um, honestly, probably never. I mean, I always thought I was, I was pretty good. But for us, it just seemed like such a pipe dream, right, to, to yeah. go and actually play in the NHL. I always thought like, oh my God, if I can play division one hockey and save my parents some money, uh, that would be tremendous. And at the end of the day, it was, you know, I, I never, my, my, my parents, our parents never put expectations on us. Like, Hey, you can be a professional hockey player. You can do that. It was, it was never like, we knew a couple guys that played pro that played in the NHL guys that we always looked up to. Uh, the summer leagues, my father was always, my father was a really good player. He always still played with those guys. And, uh, you know, but it was never like a, a, a something that I thought was very realistic. Like even, yeah. even it just, you know, it just wasn't, it was something that, that I loved and I enjoyed doing and I would do it, you know, I'd do it for free, but the, uh, you know, even like, you know, our, youth hockey team that we, you know, grew up playing with guys got drafted, obviously went, went number five overall. And it was still almost like surreal. You know what I mean? I think that's what makes um, our crew of friends and things like that. Even, you know, you talk to guys like my brother and stuff, who's now been in the NHL for 13, 14 years old. He still acts like he's playing street hockey down the park with us. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not the type of guy that is like national league this national league that i mean obviously you hear him on different podcasts and he has some funny comments and things like that but <laughs> he's not the type of guy that you know it, it, nobody's big time in anybody where we yeah come that's from. awesome that's cool yeah okay well by i want to chat about your hockey camp and i mean you mentioned you had that job opportunity with the director of hockey uh mm -hmm. kind of explain when you got you know or actually what your camp is called because i mean I run camps just like UBY. You're down there in Boston doing it, which is great. But uh, yeah, what's it called? And, you know, what are the age, age groups like? Yeah, so we do, um, like I said, I've been, I've been in the hockey business now for, for, you know, since I got done playing. Like when I was down in Atlanta, I ran a youth program called the Atlanta Fire. Uh, I ran that and then I actually moved back home to Boston and started running the Boston Junior Terriers program where I was the director of hockey operations there, guys like uh, Chris O'Sullivan, who played in the NHL for a bit. Uh, he was one of the owners, Kevin O'Sullivan, you know, really good. Both those guys played at BU and, uh, and went on and played in, in the NHL and, you know, were drafted and things like that. So those guys kind of own the rink and I worked for them for years. And, uh, and then I kind of got a, you know, I, I coach my three boys teams. I coach the, you know, I have an 06 and 09 and 2011. So I'm coaching their team still with the, the junior Terriers. Obviously I'm not running the program anymore. Uh, but on the side now, Mike uh, Motto and I started our own, it's more defensive skills. Uh, it's called the six line, the, the right. website's the six line.com. And it's more or less uh, defensive specialist type stuff. What we're trying to focus on is the, you know, the little nuances of the game, a lot of, uh, you know, breakouts, breakout passes, pivoting, a lot of, a lot of skating work, a lot of different things like that. Little, you know, defensive uh, intricacies of the game where we're working on, uh, you know, walking the line and doing, th doing things like that, that doesn't really get, uh, you know, there's not enough 
time and in, in practices i don't know about how where you guys are that that can it can really be you know focused on and worked with i mean i'm fortunate enough to have really good guys that i coach my teams with that we can you know kind of split the ice in half and i'll do some defensive stuff with with certain guys and things like that but a lot yeah. of times coaches aren't able to do that or they're not they don't have that skill set to be able to 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 actually you know show them the drills or have the experience and things like that so a lot of it is you know gap control and pivoting and um little things that we can help you know try to help with and we you know we started it basically um you know with with work with some different mites and things like that before but you know we try to stress that that at that age they could kind of they should kind of be playing all the positions but once they hit squirts we'll do some you know sweet squirts peewees bantams all the way up through high school more or less that's awesome well, I do want to move on now to your your podcast now called The Ring Shrinks with NHL or Mike Motto, Mots, a.k.a. Uh, I first heard of the podcast from Spittin' Chicklets, and now you've grown into your own pod and your own brand, and obviously the Mailbag Mondays. Uh, first off, how's the pod going? And then second, you got to have some, uh, some mailbag for us today. <laughs> oh, you're going to put me on the spot like that. <laughs> um the podcast is going great. It's been, it's been fantastic. Mots and I have been at it since I think last, you know, call it August, September, um, where we, we just recorded our 27th show nice. last yeah. night. We got Vinny, uh, Vinny Trocheck that comes on that, that came on and, uh, had a great top, you know, great conversation with him. And we kind of walk guys through their different paths. It's not the, you know, it, it's not the prototypical interviews where you're talking about guys and their rookie potty stories and different things like that. I mean, it, it's kind of uh, trying to, you know, for, for parents and kids to listen to and talk about, you know, not everybody took the same route to go to where they are, right? Vinny yeah. Trocek's a perfect example. He basically left home at 12 years old. He's lived in Pittsburgh and, um, and you know, moved to Michigan, started playing for Little Caesars, was commuting back and forth. And, you know, ultimately, unlike a lot of American born players made the decision to go to the OHL at, at 15, 16 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and then there's a lot of other guys that, you, you know, we've, we've gone down different roads with, where they've, you know, went and went, you know, played college hockey, played four years at, at, at a university or, or something like that. So we try to uh, go through all that stuff. It's been, it's been really good. It's been f- fun to kind of learn the, the, you know, different things that go on behind the scenes. We have a great producer, uh, Dave Cullinane, who produces a bunch of shows. So he, he helps us out quite a bit and tries to keep us kind of in line, which isn't always that easy. As you yeah, know, we can, yeah. we can get going off the rails, but uh, we try to keep the same message. And like I said, it's, it's a PG show. Um, and we try to, you know, it, it's something that we release episodes. Uh, they usually drop every Friday and, um, you know, it's something that you can listen to with your son or daughter on the way to the rink. You know what I mean? That's kind of our our message and something that, you know, you can, you can learn from them. You can learn from different interviews. And, you know, I had a parent say to me like, Oh, I was listening, you know, his his son's a goalie and he was listening to an interview we did with Kevin Weeks and the kid went out that later that day and had a great game. And, you know, he was talking about certain things and talking about the, the skating aspect as a goaltender. You know what I mean? A lot of guys nowadays, it's like, Oh, just get in front of the net and stop doing your butterflies and things like that. And weeks he talked to us about how important it is to be, you know, a good skater and work on your edges and your inside edges, outside edges. It's only going to translate into you becoming a better goaltender. And, you know, so that, that, that's kind of the message and the goal. Mott's is great. Uh, 
He's got unbelievable experience. He played professionally for over 14 years, obviously was a Hobie Baker winner, which is, you know, I know you guys are. Uh, yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. So ultimately, like the uh, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner of, of college hockey, more or less. So, you know, he won yeah. the Hobie, went on, played, um, you know, over eight years in the NHL, played in the minors uh, in the American League for, for quite some time. And he was a leader, you know what I mean? He, it was, it was, it's great. You talk to guys like Vinny Trocek the other night and he was a rookie when Watts was in his last year in San Antonio. So some of the stories and some of his experiences are, are you know, that it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's good to hear you're doing great. I like the podcast quite a bit. I actually like your setup and your studio is pretty sick. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's going well. It's going well. I appreciate it. Okay. We have a few more here. Then we're going to go to our questions from the gallery. But uh, first one right away here is uh, where did the nickname officer Ross come from? Uh, well, the officer parts, obviously I'm a, I'm a Boston police officer. So that was the easy cop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. And, uh, and Mark Wahlberg. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Me I, and Mark, oh, I, Mark. I didn't know that you're a cop. Yeah. I think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's easy. And I think he just, uh, deemed me officer Ross, but the, the whole Ross story was, uh, was Jack Edwards, the announcer for the Bruins. And I'm sure you guys have heard or seen some clips with him. He gets pretty animated with yep. certain oh, things. Yeah. And I think it was Keith's rookie year. It was definitely, you know, earlier in his career, he was in Phoenix and, Keith was wheeling the net. The game was in Boston. And he's like, and Keith Yandel lugs the puck up the ice. Uh, his brother Ross had a great career up at UNH and yada, yada, yada. And so my phone is just going absolutely <laughs> bananas, right? And the nickname basically just stuck. I, nobody knows where it came from, how he got it. Maybe Jack Edwards is just messing with us and hit, you know, one nothing him. But it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's kind of a, a nickname that uh, it's, I mean, everybody kind of refers to it, me as it for the most part. But it's like, I mean, that's kind of the Boston thing. I don't know how you guys are, but like once somebody gets a nickname, it's just, it's game on. You know what I mean? Like right. my kids, my kids were playing baseball the other night and a kid, they, they were announcing the kids' names and one of his teammates, his name's Braden Buckley and the announcer's like, and now batting Bob Buckley. And like, we're just going bananas, right? Like all the adults in the stands, all the, everybody. And it's like, that's the kid's name. Like he's Bob now, you know what I mean? Like the, that we're never going to let him live it down. That's just, just kind of the, the Boston thing. And everybody's got a nickname. Everybody goes by something, you know, and it's a lot of times it's like not self-proclaimed. Like you can't start calling me big dog or something like that, just because that's the name you want. Like it's got to come kind of organically, like a Jack Edwards, just calling you Ross for no reason at all. <laughs> maybe he thought i looked like ross from friends or something <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing though <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know maybe whatever hey he ended up with jennifer aniston didn't he yeah yeah the tv show that's uh, right. he's probably doing all right somewhere <laughs> along what you can get. yeah Art exactly kby a few more here and then we'll go in the questions uh this is a, probably one of the they are one of our best questions we always ask people that have you know been successful in life whether it's pro hockey or you know police officer like yourself or whatever it is but you do a lot of this on your podcast some advice you can give some young listeners today listening whether they want to you know play pro golf pro hockey uh, be a doctor dentist whatever it is just uh just some advice for the young listeners i mean i think number one is just work hard right keep you keep your head down be humble and just work as hard as you possibly can what you put into things is what you're going to get out of it nothing's going to come easy and uh you know, it takes a lot of support and things like that along the way. But I think that's the number one thing. If you're a hard worker, 
um, you're a good person. Uh, it's nice to be nice. If you're a, if, if you're a good guy and you're, you know, a nice person, good things are going to happen to you. Yeah. Well, he said, okay. Two, we, well, we have some golf questions now because I know you were golfing a couple of weeks ago in the member, member, member guest, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's walk through your golf game because I'm assuming you can play. So let's walk through it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, uh, I think I get invited to member guest just because I, um, I, I consider myself a fairly decent time and I don't put <laughs> any, I, I put no pressure on people. I just like to have fun. And my motto is always, any day on a golf course is better than being at work. That's for yeah, sure. So absolutely. it's kind of uh, stress-free, low-key. I, I, you know, have a good time. I like to compete, obviously, in matches and things like that. But I'm, you know, I'm a solid ten handicap. I, uh, I don't play like fairway foals. As he's he's learning now. He's he's had his first kid five days ago, and his golf game's already been interrupted <laughs> by it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I'm a ten handicap, and I probably only get. You know, I'll play in a couple tournaments and things like that. But besides that, it's, you know, I'm probably getting under 20 rounds in the summer. Uh, so, bad, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't get to play as much as I'd like to. Obviously, like I said, I got three boys, wife, my wife works. It's, you know, we're pretty, uh, pretty busy household. But if I, if, you know, I think honestly, if I did, you know, if I was the type of guy that, and, and at some point in my life, maybe I will be can go out and dedicate, you know, one or two days a week that I'm getting out to play and practice and things like that. I think I could get, um, my handicap down pretty good. I get pretty good hands around the green, you know, don't really, you know, I'm fairly consistent off the tee can hit my eye. And so I can get it around, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not breaking any course records. That's for sure. Unless it's for beers drank out there. <laughs> but I can, it, it's like anything, right. It's like, it, it's reps. I can go out and, you know, perfect example. I was in the member guest, you know, about a month ago, I think day one, I shot an 88 on the course. The next day I went out and shot a 75 on the same course. You know what I mean? Wow. It's like, and, and it's not like, there's just no, no mental breakdowns, no nothing like that. I'm pretty strong. There's a lot comes to that stuff. It's just a lack of reps and playing time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if once, once, when I get my, you know, fair share of rounds in and things like that, I feel like I can, I can play pretty good. Last weekend, I was in this tournament down in uh, Plymouth Country Club, which is a great track. A buddy of ours, Bonzo Byrne, Brendan, uh, he's a member down there. So him and I played. It's called the Travis. Great tournament. There's the um, Witten, they, they, they filmed one of those sandbaggers down there. It's a great course and uh, down in Plymouth, like I said. And we had a good time. We ended up, we lost our flight. We were right, but, you know, again, right in the middle of the pack, right in the middle of, the, of, of everything and have a good time doing it. So, again, the short answer is at this point in my life, I'm about, you know, a solid 10, 10.4 index or whatever it is. But I think I could get it. I, I, I can get them going. We just, you know, I just need the time. These kids, they're just getting in the way. But you know what? They're only young once. Yeah, it's true. Okay, well, let's talk about some of your best golf scores. Then. I mean, you must have played some nice golf courses. And, you know, like I didn't blow your horn in the intro to say you're one of the funniest guys I know to not have a good golf story here. <laughs> uh Jeez. I played some good ones. Just, you know, mostly most of my golf down here is, uh, is, you know, I, I'm kind of like America's guest. I go anywhere. I'll play with anybody. I'm not a member at any specific club, but Mott's is, uh, boss is a, a member at this place, old sandwich. Wit's a member down there as well. Kevin Hayes, um, 
bunch of different guys, great course, great track. And uh, so we, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to get out there a couple times a, a summers, places, like I said, Old Town, which is just special. I get up to Wollaston, um, where a bunch, you know, my brother and a bunch of those guys are all members, uh, get out there quite a bit. And uh, everything else is just, you know, I, I get around when I can. I'm trying to think of some, you know, funny story. Uh, oh, so one of my first like memories of, of, of golf, my grandfather was a good golfer and uh, you know, my, my father, they grew up in Charlestown, Mass, which is, you know, part of the city, pretty rough, rough part of the city. If you've seen like the town and all that stuff, that's where, that's where oh, they yeah. grew up. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, where RA is from, exactly, Phantom. Uh, I think you just summoned there, used the pool. No, I'm just kidding. RA's uncle, RA's father, and my uncle Paul, my godfather, actually are best friends. They grew up together. Really? Wow. Yeah. And so his his father, Leo McGonagall, I've known literally since the day I was born. He's a great guy, Boston firefighter, retired Boston firefighter at the time. But so they 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 named the the tournament uh, the Harry Yandel, my grandfather, and Buxy McGrath Invitational. You get guys like you know the Kachucks. Uh, their father was from Charlestown. So it's always you know good crew of of, of guys, and it's a, a good party. You used to pay. It was 150, maybe 125. I'm sure by the end of it, it was like 150 bucks golf at this course in New Hampshire. That was pretty, pretty nice. It had two 36 holes so that uh, courses. So you'd alternate every year, which one you were playing at. It was always me, Keith, my father, as we, and, and one of my uncles, as we got into playing it. But my first time, my father took me up there. I was probably like 11, 12 years old and was like, Oh, you can kind of four caddy and screw around for the day. Right. So I'm with one of my, uncles my uncle jay who's completely out of his mind and uh he's letting me drive the cart and all that stuff and it's probably the first time i've ever driven anything right and uh so they're on the green so now i'm like messing with the carts messing with the cart. next thing you know i'm beelining it right i have no idea how to stop it right into the sand trap right <laughs> with the cart, and now i'm like oh shit like what do i do you know what i mean so I, I, I like go bombing up on, you know, he's not the type of guy that's going to get mad. He's going to laugh. I'm like, Jay, Jay. I'm like, I put the cot in the, in the sand trap. What should I do? He's like, just get it out. He's like, I don't know. Like, what, what do you want me to say? Like, what do you want me to yell at you? He's like, just get the frigging thing out. And uh, so, so that was, it was, you know, it was a great time. Obviously had a lot of fun and then, you know, different golf stories throughout the year. We, you know, like I said, we got a, a good crew of guys every, every day. There's something just comedy that, that that happens out there you know what i mean oh, yeah. love it you guys got a good crew out there yeah it sounds like a good time <laughs> all right by let's go to our question from the gallery sponsored by molson cores course seltzer is on a mission helping restore fresh water to canada's rivers through the change the course foundation enjoy the Coors seltzer mixer pack with four great flavors i love them all so does rip black cherry mango grapefruit and lemon lime <laughs> choose molson today please drive safely all the time be careful all right, BY, let's uh, ultimate foursome. My brother always asks that question. He never really, well, he hasn't been here lately, but he always asks ultimate foursome, dead or alive, he says. Oh, man. You know what? This is a tough one because I could go so many different ways, right? I'll give you a few. I got I got three boys, right? So as they get older, being able to play with them was, is, is a dream foursome. Yeah. Uh, I got, you know, my father, my brother, and, you know, I'll just say any, any one of my uncles mixed in there, I'd love to play with those guys in terms of celebrities and things like that. I go with, um, I got to go Jordan Brady, uh, 
Jordan Brady, Bird, Bobby Orr, and uh, yeah, Pedro. I mean, there's too many. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? That's Sox that's way off the board though. That's yeah, way big, different. That's good though. Poppy. Yeah, that's a good Poppy. One. Poppy spitting on his gloves as he as he gets the <laughs> as, get the the, as he lines up his tee ball. Uh, inside his feet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, this. I mean, that's what I mean. This, this, this there's too many. And honestly, like I said, dude, me, my brother, Wit, Foles, like, boom, you name a like that, dude. We're having a time. Or some right. You know what I mean? We're having we're having a a, a time right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no like it's it, too much fun. You know what I mean? So, and then obviously my grandfather too. He was a guy that you know he passed away when I was three years old. I would have loved to have been able to share some memories and playing golf with him, but he was a, you know, a big, uh, a big golf guy back in the day, especially for a city guy back in the day where golf wasn't, isn't what it is today. You yeah. know what I mean, guys, I mean, my parents, um, you know, grandparents, you never, the, most families barely even had a car back in the day. You know what I mean? So True. there's too many to choose from. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to play with them all though. Rip. All right. Uh, since we already talked about your handicap, let's go with, uh, what is your lowest round ever? Um, 75. 75? Yeah. Last week? Yeah, it was, no, that was, that was, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. No. For me, like I said, the day before I shot an 88. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it can go. <laughs> in the, in the day after I probably shot a 90. <laughs> Okay, let's go off the board here. Since you grew up with these boys and your brother, uh, give us a good wit and uh, Keithy story. Uh man, the song is this. <laughs> Let me think about this. Wit. I mean, the amount of times that Wit clogged my parents' toilet at the house <laughs> when, when we were younger. Like he's the, my my parents are still playing that paying the plumber off. Uh, uh, so that was that was always interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my brother, this, I mean, it's pretty well documented. There was, there was many a time where he was mislabeled. We weren't sure whether he was going to be a hockey player or a skateboarder. I'm sure it's been told multiple times before, but one of our, our good buddies, Bunzo Byrne, his father was a, he's a, he's a lawyer. Now he's a judge. And uh, he was walking down the, he, I'm sorry, he was pulling up to, to, to pick my father and myself up to go to a hockey tournament. Keats in the middle of the street with his pants around his ankles, just mooning him. And uh, so there was, you know, a lot. I mean, there's, there's too many for the. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> there, there's so many. I've, I've forgotten most of them. Then you get reminded of stuff as it as it goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wit with the bloody noses. Wit used to get bloody noses all the time. When we were kids just from picking, I think. And and I'm not one to talk about noses, that's for sure. But his was always leaking and, and, and things like that. That's, rip that's, that's awesome all right uh what is your favorite course that you have ever played or and what is one course that you want to play besides augusta yeah augusta would be pretty special yeah, uh, he's like shit i've already been to augusta but yeah. i want to play augusta yeah 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 i drove by it a couple times oh. uh, on my way to the james brown arena in disgusta <laughs> i used to play this this other place um in Atlanta, Tom uh, Glavin used to take me down there. So I used to coach his kid. It was him and John Smoltz. They kind of, Smoltz was big on like the design side of it and everything. And I was like a 24, 25 year old kid. The place it was called, 
Hawks Ridge. It was a great, great track uh, just outside of Atlanta in one of the, the, the suburbs out there, probably, you know, half hour, 45 minutes away. But great course. The first time I ever pulled up, I had never been to a course where, like, you pull in and the guy, you know, there's a valet type guy there and he takes your keys, takes your bag. Hey, do you want me to sign your shoe, you know, shine your shoes? I'm like, dude, I got 20 bucks in my pocket. Like, well, how much is this going to cost me? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and then he gives me a locker and the first locker, he's like, yeah, you can go on this one, number 36. And I look at it and I'm like, number 36, the bus. I'm like, dude, is that Jerome Bettis's locker? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he never comes down. Yada, yada. I'm like, dude, I'm not going I'm not like, what if he walks in? Like today's the day he decides to show up and you got this loser from Boston hanging out in his locker, like with my underwear hanging in the stall. You know what I mean? And uh, the guy's like, no, 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 he's never there. But it was a cool, that, that place, like I said, Hawks Ridge was really cool. Um, that old sandwich around here is great. Boston golf's another great course. Uh, t- played TPC out in Scottsdale, nice. which was, uh, which is a good time. This place, Silverleaf in Scottsdale, was uh was another one keith lived right near there when he was with the coyotes and Derek morris former teammate of his was a member jovo was a member and uh so i was lucky enough to 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 get out there and play which was which was cool they literally every three holes it was like at this silver leaf there was like snacks and and again like we grew up you know more or less city kids we don't have you know never had a pot to piss in yeah. And they're like, oh, try an apple from on, on the third hole. And I'm like, no, it's an, it's an apple. You know what I mean? Like, how good can an apple be? We're in, we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't see any apple trees around here. <laughs> and uh, literally take a bite. I'm like, oh, my God. It's the best apple I've ever had in my life. Like, literally. You know what I mean? And then, like, the sixth hole was like, oh, try a, you know, try a sandwich from this. The ninth, like, every, it was, it was you know, a, a, a cool experience. So. Sorry to go off the rails there, but there's been a few. That's all right. But you did mention Derek Morris, former Regina Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. There's unbelievable. A... Guys are rigged. Yeah. Absolute. Go ahead. Mammoth of a human, right? Just big, <laughs> like just a. He's got that big, just burly, strong, you know, brute strength. Like he could be wrestling tigers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and talk about the one of the best guys I've ever met through hockey in my life in, in terms of, you know, taking teammates under his wing and things like that. Like he, if, if he, if him and Shane Doan weren't in Phoenix at the time that Keith got there, there's no way that Keith is where he is today. And then Keith would be the first one wow. to tell you. And I'll say it just as an older brother, like those guys were, you know, they were veterans at the time. They, you know, took a liking to Keith for whatever reason and just, you know, welcomed him to with open arms. When Mo came to Boston for a, um, you know, short stamp, short stamp, he was, you know, he came very close to that family. I don't even think I was living here at the time, but, you know, him and my father had gotten close and my mother and, you know, he'd call my father, hey, you need anything? Like, no, no Derek, like just above and beyond just yeah. that type of person. And, and you know, just a, a great, great dude. Can't say enough good things about him. We, we, uh, had him on the podcast. Him and Keith were on the uh, the like I think it was a uh, a third a uh, third show. We had uh, Uncle Mo and and KY on, which is a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, um, there was a guy that used to play with us from from around here too, Preston Calendar. You played with him. Yeah, PC. Yep. Yeah, PC. Yeah, 
PC, no, good dude. Could, dude, I'll tell you, that kid could sc- score goals. He could score goals with the best of them. Unbelievable college player. Had a great career over in, year, uh, in Europe. I know we won a couple championships, or at least one, uh, over in the DEL in Germany. Uh, was a really you know, good guy, good teammate, him and his wife. Uh, my wife and I, you know, like I said, we've known. My wife didn't go to UNH, but his wife, Rachel, did. Been friends with them for years, still keep in touch with them through, you know, Instagram and all that type of nonsense. Awesome. BY, we, uh, I want to know what is one of the worst, um, not worst, maybe, but one of the most like banana lands uh, written in mailbag you got. Like, there's got to be someone that you're just like, this is a wild uh, story. Yeah. I mean, there's been, there's been so many of like, and in, in I guess the common theme is like crazy parents, crazy moms, crazy dads going after coaches, trying to fight referees like that, those type of stuff. It's, it's crazy that there's so many of them. It really is. It's out of control. Um, I've gotten other ones where my, you know, oh, my little son, he's eight years old, you know, but he, 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 you know, he feels should be playing center. He should be, um, you know, I think he could be playing two years up and yada. And you're like, he's eight years old. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's probably not even like wiping his own ass. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like, so there's, there's so many just, just horrifying stories of parents just trying to rush the process and think that their kid's way better than he is and not, you know, stay in the moment, right? Stay in the moment. Like you're only, your kids are young. It's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And especially nowadays, right? Like I know obviously in Canada is a little bit different where you have the OHL draft and, 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 you know, WHL and, you know, uh, the queue, right. Where, you know, at, at 14, 15, if you don't get drafted, but you know what, like nowadays at 14, 15 years old, like, most guys aren't going to college unless you're the Jack Eichels of the world or the kids yeah. that are going in at, at 17, 18, yeah. you're not going to college till you're 20, 21 years old. You know what I mean? So like at 14 years old, now it's time. All right. You get five years, right? You get five years. And if you really want this thing, um, go for it, yeah. go for it. Right. But like, it doesn't happen at 10, 11 and 12. It, no. it, it does not surround yourself with good people, get good coaching, make good friends and, you know, play competitive, right. Train. If you're into it, have a good time with it, but enjoy it. You don't enjoy it. Right. Enjoy it. And don't remortgage your house over it. You know what I mean? Like literally, come on. It's like, if you get that type of dough, go rent a house down Nantucket or something for the week and drop 15 grand down there. Not like in wherever some crazy city and and you're sitting in a hotel room and the kids are playing mini hockey all weekend. True. Uh, Brian, I have one more here. We don't want to keep it too long. Uh, what's yeah, your... Hey, I got nothing but time guys. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, post round, post round beverage. Are you a beer guy? Are you a rye guy? Vodka? What's up? Oh yeah. I'm a, um, I'm a beer guy through and through. I drink everything way too fast. Um, so if I drink, <laughs> if I drink hard booze, it's, it, it it's a, it's a problem. It gets you ugly. Know what I mean? Yeah. It gets ugly and it gets ugly fast. So I'm, I'm, 99% of the time, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a straight beer guy. Um, I drink, I drink Amstel lights at this point in my life. I'm a big Amstel guy. I'm not sure if they, they got those up there. If I was in Canada, I'd, I'd, I'd do like a, uh, which one of your sponsors? Uh, Molson. Molson. Yeah. Uh, I'd do a Canadian. Pilsner, that's a beer. Yeah. Pilsner. yeah. I got to get to that. I'd do a nice blue light. Yeah. Uh, any of, any of those, but yeah, I'm, I'm strictly a beer guy for the yeah. most part. 
I mean, I'll mix in a couple Bloody Marys if I'm not feeling too good in the morning. Uh, as, as the night goes on, once I get uh, full from the beers, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble into the, uh, the Cabernets and get the red wine going. But that's not going to be right off the course, that's for sure. Yeah, I got a beer story that involves one of the, a Boston kid. So I played with Tony Amante's kid, Ty, up in Penticton. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, the hat that I'm wearing, it's a Pilsner hat. You guys know mm-hmm. Pilsner down there? And uh, he would drink a shit ton of Pilsner. He just loved it. So when he went down to BU, there's no there's no Pilsner. So I, we would send him cases of beer all the time. And I sent him a hat, and the guy just loves it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ty's a good dude. Yeah. I know Tony. Yeah. Uh, so so where with, with Tony coaches in high school, which is their academy, yeah. uh, they just actually got done building their rink. But when I the entire time I was running the Junior Terriers organization, uh, Thayer Academy played out of there. So I would see Tony every day and see him on the rank at, you know, Ty's entire, his four years at, at, at high school. I watched, you know, most of his games and things like that. They're great people. Great dudes. Yeah. Good. Great family. Yeah. BY, how many whole ones do you have? Zero. Nice. Welcome to the good. club. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, it's impossible. I don't think it's, it's so I, don't, I don't think it'll ever be done. I almost had one the other day pointing the wrong club, the wrong way. That's how bad I am. That's how it's, (laughs) it's crazy. So my son's 14, I think two years ago, he was playing this little par three course and he told me that he got one. I still don't believe him. Um, But uh, allegedly he, he said he had one at like 12 years old and he beats it up. I'm like, dude, there's no way. And I'm like, you can't lie about it. Even though it's a par three course, like I'll still give you credit for it. He's like, dad, I'm not lying. I swear. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. We'll see. See if it can be done. Rip, you got any more? Uh, I'm good. We're good. Yes. Brian, man, we appreciate you coming on today. We had a lot of fun with this one. I hope we have you, have you back on again at some point. Um, yeah, yeah guys, thank you. No, best of luck. I appreciate the invite off. Um, you know, you guys having me on and, and jump on. All you Canadian listeners, we, we need to stop expanding our audience a little bit more into Canada. We're getting Vice versa. some pretty some some pretty decent numbers up there. Yeah, so we'll make sure we get this out on our end and and you do the same because uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a few crazy hockey parents in Canada. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one or two. One or hey, two. Well, hey, Brian, if you ever need a guest on the Ring Shrinks, call me or Rip. We'll talk hockey. We love it. Um, awesome. make sure you get awesome. all, get through all the hall of famers first and then, and, and then just call us. So yeah, I'll let you know when we need the D team. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. By. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate you having me. This episode of off the hosel is brought to you by last mountain distillery. Last mountain distillery is family owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of green country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling naturally infused dill pickle vodka, which is on sale all month long at many places across the province. Also, don't forget to try out their new hibiscus lime vodka, only made by Last Mountain Distillery. Alrighty, episode 81 done, completed. An absolute riot with Brian Yandel, Officer Ross. Uh, boys, Rip, let's go to your first thoughts on this pod. Uh, no nickname is safe around the Boston boys. <laughs> True. Yep. That's a good nickname though. Ross. He thought he was named after Ross from Friends from Jack Edwards. Wrong. Sound. He's a cop by day and a funny bastard by night. 
Wow, all the time. The Rink Shrink. The Rink Shrink. Yeah, check out their podcast too, The Rink Shrinks. Good. Him and Mike Motto. Mots. They call them Mots. Mots. You have a bad voice cracks today, bud. There's some it's smoky <laughs> air right now. Jesus. Troy, thoughts uh, on the podcast? Chowda. Chowda head. <laughs> That's all I got. That's I fair. wasn't a part of it with you two. Um, I know. I appreciate Mr. Yandel, Mr. Joining the podcast. Yep. Like to get our followership a little bit higher. And uh, yeah, I, that, that, that's all I got. It's well, good we, to be back. It is good to have you back, Troy. Uh, Rip and Troy, we sent uh, Yanza hat off the hosel hat. So imagine BY rocking nothing down in Boston, down, Massachusetts. Down in Fenway. Down in Fenway Park. So yeah, great episode 81, as always. Uh, boys, Phil Castle. Phil Castle episode. Yep. It's a good one. Troy. I was thinking more Ray Elgard, but okay. Right, a guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, the so, uh, back in the day, you yeah. young bastards. Wasn't even born on there. <laughs> Troy, let's go to social handles, oh, would you? We got uh, Facebook is off the hosel. We have Twitter at underscore off the hosel and Instagram off the hosel. Check us out. At underscore off the hosel. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. A little rusty. I'm a little rusty. And we're on YouTube. And we're on YouTube. Subscribe, like us, rate us. Yep. Check us out. Go look at our ugly faces. Check out our new hat, or not our new hats. We got the dad hats back in, but if you want one. Geez, I know, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was on crazy. He wanted hats for his son. We uh, got them to him. You Today, got them to him? Drop him off the road, Johnny. Yep. There you go. See, you order, you ask, you shall receive. We deliver. Troy, we will talk to you next week, and then you're gone for two weeks. Back to the work grind. But we'll talk to you next week, Troy. Workhorse. Another, another, great, uh, another great guest coming up. Rip, as always. Pleasure of the intern jumping on and doing the homework of that guy, Rip. Let's go, baby. Talk to you next week, Rip. Everyone else, enjoy the podcast. Stay tuned. Enjoy it. Write us in. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.